0: Hey, hello. Hey, hi, Paige. How are you? I'm
1: fine, and you
0: pretty good. I had to make awesome. sure I got everything in my background to be very, okay. very quiet, and I had to get my dog situated <laughs> so she okay, don't. Okay, that's no problem. <laughs> well, I'm,
1: I'm in a quiet place as well, so I'm I'm all set and ready whenever you're ready.
0: Perfect. So I already have it recording, um, so mm-hmm. a couple things. Um, I'm going to try to say the bare minimum because I want you to be in control. Of what you want to share um now mm-hmm. i will ask a few questions that i think my my listeners will want to know mm-hmm. um but only thing is um you're in houston you said right now yes i'm
1: in houston
0: okay so i want to just make sure i write that down when i'm giving the description underneath mm-hmm. the video um page houston All right, so I have it recording here, mm-hmm. and so this is Paige, and Paige mm-hmm. is from Houston, Texas, and mm-hmm. she's gonna be sharing no, her story. I'm not
1: from Houston, Texas, but that's where I'm at now. I'm originally from the Bahamas. Remember, I
0: had to Oh yeah, the Bahamas. Okay, correct. Yeah. So you're from the Bahamas and you moved to Houston, Texas. So you're located yes. in Houston, Texas right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And yep, yeah, we can go ahead and start now okay so let's see so where do you want to start Um...
1: okay so I was going to just talk about you know how I grew up you know as a child you know I experienced you know being molested by my by a family member and then I wanted to talk about how it was growing up you know without my father being there Mm -hmm. you know okay so yeah those two things mainly Okay. I never really speak out on it. So,
0: yeah. Perfect. So, let's start let's mm-hmm. start in your childhood. So, let's go back to um the Bahamas cuz most of us like I would love to live in the Bahamas cuz it just sounds like it's sunny <laughs> days every single day. <laughs> so, yeah. How was it growing up in the Bahamas? So,
1: growing up in the Bahamas, it was it was really it was actually a good experience for some reason. But, um, I would say the island life is kind of different, you know, it's not, it's not like how it is here. It's a bit different, but, you know, you, I guess, it's like, it's just a little, like when I said it's a little different, it's just not advanced as, you know, we're not advanced as American, you know, kids. Right. So it's a little different, it's a little old school, mm-hmm. but, um... Yeah, as a kid, you know, I grew up in a small little village, so I mainly stayed with my grandmother.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I would go there every weekend, and you know, we would just we would like me and a few other uh, other cousins, we'd go down there and we'd just be there for like the weekend. But it was always. It was always challenging for me because I was more like the rejected one, you know?
0: Right. Okay.
1: I was more like the rejected one. So, you know, I was I was not really a happy kid. Mm-hmm. But you know, I pretended, you know, that I was, you know, I, I always pretend as if I was good, but I was not really a happy kid. I dealt with a lot of depression. Because you know, like I told you, I was the I was rejected from family members, you know, sometimes, like my aunt, she would come around and she would like take the kids by her, but you know, she 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 would never take me. So I always felt like, you know, like I said, I always felt like the black sheep in the family, so hmm. that was how my child my childhood basically was. it was not it was not one that I. That, that i that i would imagine to have but it was okay it just was not the best childhood
0: right now why did you um if you don't mind me asking why did you feel rejected like what exactly do you have you ever like found out like what it was was it just like they didn't um treat you the same because of the complexion of your skin or because of your parents, or was it a certain reason
1: that's the thing. That's that's the that's the that's, the, that's what I'm trying to. I'm like up to this day. I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't know why. I don't know why I was rejected because I don't know. I don't. I was. I was always very petite, and you know, I don't know. I was very petite. Maybe it may have been the color of my skin, but I was also a very outspoken child. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it was because of that, but it was just unexplainable, and I I never really. I never really understood why, why exactly, because I've never really talked about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never really even asked my aunts about it. Up to this day, they still don't know how I felt as a child because I never really speak out on it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so. So did you have any, like, any siblings? Sisters, yes, little?
1: I did. I, have, I had two siblings. They were, they were boys. hmm So it was, it was, and they were, they're, like, far behind me, so. I mainly grew up with my cousins, mm-hmm. so it'd be my mom's sister' kids that I would normally be around.
0: Okay, okay. And then what about um, what about your parents? Like, um, you were with your grandmother most, um, like, for weeks sometimes. But what about your parents?
1: Okay, so my mom, she was always there for me. Mm-hmm. But um, my father, he he was in he was born in the Bahamas. And he left the bahamas at the a while while i was at i think i was around three years old when he left the bahamas and it was like he just picked up and he just left everything behind of course i was not the only child that he had Mm -hmm. he had about 10 children in total and it was like you know i always felt a void too because he was not there you know, I grew up in a home with just my mom. You know, she was a single mother. She was not married. So it was kind of a struggle with me dealing with that as well, mm-hmm. along with the rejection. I dealt with, you know, not having a father there. And it was like I felt, you know, I felt I felt I, I, I endured a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. And it kind of left me feeling void, like I was missing something. I would see kids out with their fathers, you know, Mm -hmm. the fathers would bring them to school and, you know, it would just make me feel, you know, some type of way because I was like, you know, this is what I wanted, you know? But unfortunately I never got to experience that kind of love, you know, that Mm -hmm. father daughter love. So that was something I always, you know, struggle with as well, and it, like, it led to, like, insecurities, and it led to so much, you know, like, even with me dating, and, like, in relationships and stuff like that, like, I had, like, a lot of, you know, insecurities, and I just didn't really, I just didn't really, you know, I just didn't really value, I didn't really value myself the way I should have, Mm -hmm. because, like I said, like, you know, with him not being there, like, I always felt, like, you know... I just always felt like I was I was just unhappy, not only because of the rejection, but because of him not being there. It just it was just my mother, just my grandmother. Like you know, they were always there and they always things happened for me. Mm-hmm. But if I can go back in time, you know, and I can change things, I would you know I would make sure put my father in place, you know, to be there with me. Right. But yeah, that's how it was, you know, growing up with my parents. Mm. Just having one there and the other one not being there. And I met my father when I was 18 years old. Mm. So I haven't, I haven't, I I didn't see him. So basically (laughs) for all of my life, I didn't really see him. So I would hear about him, but he was alive and everything, but he just turned his back and he never, you know, he never really checked. I had to go and reach out to like one of my siblings on his side and they gave me his number. And that is how, you know, I connected with him.
0: Wow. Wow. And how yeah. was how was that?
1: Well, to be honest with you, it was like the feeling was when I first met him, he was like so nice and you know, he was like you know, he was really really genuine and he was so affectionate towards me and I was like, wow, if only I had this, you know, as a child, you know. Mm-hmm. He was really affectionate towards me when I had first came Actually, when I connected with him, I had planned a trip and I came because he lives in Atlanta. I had planned a trip and I had came over to visit him in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And with me being there with him, I mean, like, when I had first came through the airport and he saw me, he had opened the door for me, you know, he had embraced me, gave me a kiss on my forehead, and, you know, I was like, wow, you know, this is what I was, you know, this is what I was longing for all of my life, you know? If only he was there as a child, you know, this could have helped me in a major way. But he was not there for me, so... I just felt like, I don't know, I just felt like if he was there for me, things would have been a little different. So after I had got to know him, you know, it, it it actually, I started to feel like that void was being filled,
0: mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, that, that was how it was. Wow. Okay. So, let me let me back up a little bit and go back to your childhood. Um, you mentioned that in your childhood, you were molested. And I kind of want to tap on that because it's some people that listen to the show that has went through the same thing and they're going through things and they really don't understand why cuz they never really dealt with it and they really haven't spoken on it cuz they were afraid to speak on it um tell me a little bit about how and when that started
1: okay so this had this had all started when i was at i think i was about i think i was around the age of 10 or something i think i was like 10, 9 or 10 mm-hmm. So my mom my mom and my aunts, like two of my aunts, they would go to work and they would leave they would leave us in the house. They they'd leave their kids and my mom would leave me. So we would be my cousin, my bigger cousin, like my older cousin, he would keep us and you know He would keep all of us and stuff because he was like, he was like around 15. We was, I was like around nine or 10 and they, they, they have been, they may have been like, you know, a year, you know, a year under me. It wasn't much of a difference. Mm -hmm. So he would keep us, you know, when my mom and my aunt go to work and he would actually molest all of us. Like it was just not me. He would like try to touch, you know, touch us up, like touch our private parts and, Mm -hmm. you know, try to get us to engage in things that, you know, we never wanted to engage. in, so Mm -hmm. it was, it was kind of like at that time, I didn't really know any better, but I always was scared to speak out on it. Up to this day, I've never really touched this, this subject. I I always run from it. Mm -hmm. You know, I would hear people talk about their stories. I would read books on it, but I've always tried to stay away from the topic. But it has done some damage to me as well mm-hmm. because it like it messed with my trust. Like I told you I had some trust issues. Right. It was hard for me to trust people, you know, because I mean it was a family member, you know. So um, my mom knows they never really knew that what was going on, so they continue to let him keep us and this was this this was going on for at least at least four four or five years, you know. Wow. He would try he would molest us every time we would you know every time he would take care of us he'd us, and like i said he did it to all of us it was like three of us in total so it was not just me
0: mm-hmm.
1: and as i got older and i and i think about it like even when i would face him you know like I, I could never really look him in his eyes not that i hate him or anything like that but it just felt awkward like i just couldn't be in the same room with him and you know you know, be at ease. Like I was always, my mind would always go back on, you know, when we was when we were kids. Right. But it was it was like I said, it, it has done some damage to me. And um, I would just say that you know, people should be very careful when you know when it comes to like, especially female children, like female children. Mm-hmm. You have to be very careful when you're leaving your kids in the care of. You know, males. Right. It can be their brother. It can be, you know, their uncle. It can be their dad. Like you have to be very, very careful, and you you should ask questions mm-hmm. because that too. I feel like because my mom, I, I feel like if she would have asked me something, then maybe I would have told her. But I just never spe- speak out on it, and my my cousins, they never they never did it as well. Mm-hmm. So it just was swept under the rug, you know. Right. But that happened for at least four years.
0: Wow, that's crazy because yeah. it's like um. I see a lot of articles and a lot of stories where um, a mother lets her boyfriend or let someone babysit the kids and the kids become, you know get molested or get raped. And it was one story about, I think it was a, a guy that was babysitting his mm-hmm. girlfriend's uh, daughter and mm-hmm. literally killed the little girl and tried to hide and say that she ran away. And the little girl was... I think of around 6 years old when well, this happened. Yeah. So, I, uh-huh. I think it's really good to share because a lot of people um feel comfortable with certain people in their lives because, you know, we're related. So, you know, mm-hmm. they don't expect something like that to happen. Right. Um, you mentioned that you were afraid to say something about it. Was it did he ever threaten you like if you say anything, this would happen or yeah anything yeah it was
1: it was it it was more like i won't say that he threatened us but like he tried to make us feel like what he what he was doing was right and because because i was so young like i didn't really know you know i didn't really know you know right from wrong like that because i was really young so he tried to make it seem as if it was right and you know at that age i didn't know anything about incest and all of these things Mm -hmm. but i kind of knew like you know like, as I got older, I kind of knew, I was like, okay, yeah, what he did was wrong, because why would you, you know, why would you, why would you touch me in that kind of way, and, you know, like, even though I would think on it as I got got older, I still never, I never spoke on it, like, I just left it, I swept it under the rug, Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of times people, they, they, they would, they would get molested by family members, or even, you know, people friends of the family and stuff like that and they don't speak up on it and when you would ask them why it's like they can't really tell you why I don't know if it's like a fair like I don't know if it's like a fear that comes over you like when you are a victim like when you deal with this kind of thing it's like you'd be more in fear. like you'd be scared to even talk about it because you're like oh I don't want my mama to you know to whoop my butt because it's like you feel like you're doing something wrong as well so I think maybe that that may have been it as well Mm-hmm. I just don't know, but I just never really, I never really spoke
0: on it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So for any of the mothers, because we got like a lot of mothers that listen to the, um, the show, what advice would you give them so that they're they don't make their kids feel like they have to be afraid to say something? I
1: would just, I would just say to them, try to have, you know, try to keep a a relationship, an open relationship with your daughter, like you know, with your with your female daughters, you know, try to. I mean, not only females, but even males, because this happened, of course, to males as well. Mm-hmm. But try to keep a relationship with your kids, you know, try to like, you know, just make them comfortable, you know, not don't always be so stern and, you know, hard on them. You know, you get them to the point where they trust you, whereas they feel like they can talk to you about anything, you know, mm-hmm. because I feel like that helps kids, you know, to open up more. Um, Because my mom was more, like, of a stern person, Mm -hmm. I think, too, that may have been one of the reasons why I never really, you know, spoke on the situation, because I didn't know how she may have reacted, so I was afraid of that as well. Like I said, you know, sometimes fail would be the main issue. Why people hold those kind of things in. So I would just say that, you know, once they keep a relationship with their kids and, you know, ask questions, you know, Mm -hmm. try to ask questions because, like I say, sometimes it's all about you asking questions because if you can, if you can ask the right question, you can get, you know, you can kind of. You know get it out of them so you know sometimes you have to be like if you drop your kids off to like a family member a daycare wherever you drop them off you you should ask questions you know right. ask them how was their day how, how was their day how was it there and you know just just ask random questions because kids will let you know you know right so that would be my advice you know
0: right and i guess another good question for me to ask um is like you're is being you're being really brave to share your story. How did you get to this point that you were comfortable to be able to share your story like this?
1: Well, it, it took a lot of courage to be honest with you because mm-hmm. like I said, I've, I'm um I'm going to be 29 in a few in a in, in a few weeks, like 3 weeks from now, and mm-hmm. it not really easy. It took it took a lot of courage because I've kept all of this in for so many years. A Mm -hmm. lot of my family members don't even know this. I think I had just told my mom for the first time, what took place, this same year. She Mm -hmm. had said, she was like, why didn't you tell me, you know? Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I've kept all of this in for a very, very long time. And I always felt, you know, I always felt like it was just like it was just embarrassing to talk about it so i just i just never talked about it but Mm -hmm. i'm actually writing a book now so eventually you know this is this is going to come out and everybody's going to know so that's probably why i'm actually you know more bold and brave enough to share it now because i'm actually in the process of writing a book and i'm basically covering all of this stuff that i dealt with Mm -hmm. as a child
0: wow well i can't wait to read that book i've been like (laughs) yeah, <laughs> I've been going so I'm, crazy. <laughs> I'm a book now, and eventually, I'm
1: going to release it. I'm not sure when as yet, but mm-hmm. I'm still in the process of writing it.
0: Mm. Well, I yes. I think that's amazing to write it to share the story. I believe that especially a few people that's listening will want to read the book and get like a really detailed, you know, storyline of everything that went on. Um, so I'm glad we, we got a sneak peek today. <laughs> yes. But, <laughs> definitely. Um, so in the state that you're in right now, um, do you ever go back to the Bahamas? Do you ever see that cousin or
1: Well, I haven't I've I haven't went back I haven't went back for the like I'm I'm not sure when I'm gonna be going back,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I've been here now just like almost almost a year. So I haven't been here for a long, long time. Okay. so I've seen him sometime like last year or maybe the year before I'm not sure so I'm, I'll am see him more like at family gatherings and stuff like that mm-hmm. so yeah but like I said every time I would see him you know it would just be awkward you know I would say hi I would say hey but you know I don't really do too much talking with him but I don't really I forgave him and everything you know mm-hmm. I've never really speak or I've I've never asked him anything about it since then I've never even asked him anything. So he's married now. He has a daughter and everything, but mm-hmm. I've never touched on it since then. So yeah, that's just how it's been, you know. Right. How it's been with us.
0: Wow. Well, this um this has been super, super amazing. I'm glad that you were able to share the story with me and to um our my listeners because I mean it's stuff like this that we need to hear to make sure that we're staying aware of you know, things that could actually happen or things that could have possibly happened that we haven't addressed. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Um, I'm hoping for great success for your book and for everything that's going on. And happy before birthday, too, if I don't talk to you. Thank you so much. <laughs> if I don't talk to <laughs> thank you. Thank you so
1: much. It yeah. was a pleasure.
0: Yeah, this was um. This and is I hope amazing. that my
1: story, you know, touches someone, helps someone.
0: Definitely, definitely. I think it will. I mean, it touched me. Because I know that um, I my family is really huge. And mm-hmm. I've, I know about stories that has happened um, at sleepovers and slumber parties that mm-hmm. hasn't been addressed. So I'm hoping that with your story, that someone that's listening will be able to say, you know, I went through this and this helped me to be able to talk about it. Because I think the more that you talk about it or you write about it, You're letting it go and you're helping someone else. So, yes, definitely. This was awesome. So, I'm gonna just pause this. All right, I have real questions. How does your car look right now? Is it clean on the outside but not clean on the inside or vice versa? Uh-uh. Whether you're having a hot girl summer or a city boy summer, your car needs to be looking good if you're going to be looking good inside of it. So here's the resolution. Make sure you call Simply Clean Mobile Car Washing and get your car looking good. Make sure it's restored back to new. And it'll only be done at Simply Clean Mobile Car Wash. So give them a call at 586-646-0403. 586 586-646- 646 0403 you will not complain. I guarantee that. You heard it here first on Moments with Mika. Oh, my God. So, I have been getting a few people to ask me, where is the podcast at? What is going on with that? And y'all know that I took the podcast visual. So, that has been my first, like, that's, that's really been the first thing on my agenda, honestly. And... Um, once I get the show uploaded and stuff, I usually forget about putting the actual audio version of the show on the podcast because most of the things that I say correlates with what I'm doing. And I feel like if I'm talking on the show visually and I'm making an action and then I make a joke about the action that I just made, you guys will not get the gist of what I'm talking about. So I decided to do something different. I feel like the visual show should be different from the actual podcast because the podcast is my baby. It's where I started. So I felt like it'd be great to come on here and just kind of give some thoughts that I've been thinking through this quarantine mess. Number one, the reason why I'm playing this song in the background, the instrumental for Janae Aiko, Triggered, because I am severely triggered, by some of you people. Like, if you're in Detroit, Michigan, I'm pretty sure that you've seen the video of the people that went to Rouge Park right after the governor just said that we don't need to be outside. Do you guys know that you're making it harder for us simple people that just want to go to the store like we're going to get to a point that the national guard is going to be on checkpoint right outside like where you going y'all just making this worse for us so yes i am very triggered by that and not only is that the only thing that's triggering me right now is the negative people like oh my god how can so many people be afraid but negative at the same time like snap out of it like spit out the negativity and chew on some positivity that i'm trying to spit out to you like come on what is the problem who hurt you where is this coming from like do you have to be negative all the time like have you ever ran into a person that was just negative for no reason and you were like oh my god is there anything good about your life like have you ever been outside and was like oh my god it's a great day and you looked at the person they seemed like this is an awesome day and they always say oh but it could be better you see those clouds rolling in over there It might just rain. Like, those people, yes, you're triggering me. And you know what I'm doing to you on social media? I am snoozing you for 30 days. And by the end of that 30 days, if you don't get it together, guess what I'm doing? I'm unfollowing you. And it's not that social media means the most. It's just that you guys are literally getting under my skin with all this negativity. Because it's like, at the moment where we need the most positivity, you being negative. For what? So, if you know me, you know that I like to do a lot of videos. I do periscopes every day. So, today on March the 26th, I did a periscope, right? I'm on there. You know, I'm always trying to be positive and give some jokes and stuff like that. And, you know, there's always going to be some hacklers. It's always going to be some negative Nathaniels, negative Nancys, whatever you want to call them. And it just... I was like, you know... What caused you to be negative during an epidemic like this? like does that give you some type of joy to make somebody job harder to be positive to somebody else like what is really the issue? Do you just need some attention? Do you need somebody to love you? Are you just waiting for a hug because you haven't been hugged in the last two weeks? Like, what is it? How can you be negative right now? Like, most people complain about having to go to work and most of us are at home right now. What is there to complain about? Like, seriously, I'm telling you that (laughs) these people (laughs) have really been grinding my gears to the utmost. So, you know, I felt like it's just time to come on here and slide right into y'all phones and maybe slide some more positivity because honestly, I think that's what we need. We need more positivity and y'all need moments with Mika. Y'all need me to tell y'all what's grinding my gears so that you know that you're not alone. So if those things grind your gears, if those things triggered you this week, you're not alone because they triggered me. They got on my nerves and you know what I still did? I shook it off. Because you know what? Those negative people, you're going to look up one day. You're going to be five years down the line. You're going to do what you got to do to get to where you're going. But if you ever look back at that negative Nancy or that negative Nathan and notice that they're still in the same spot that they were in, just know that you did what you had to do to get to where you had to go, okay? Don't get stuck in negativity. Don't let a negative person get you stuck where they're stuck. No, no. Let them do their little negative thing, and you move on forward. Okay, don't pay attention to it. Move forward. Like I had to literally learn that. Like out of a hundred positive comments, one negative comment used to get under my skin, and it took a while for me to say, you know what? It really doesn't matter what this negative person say. So, listen. Take this time, learn something. Read a book. Since we're going through this epidemic. You know what i did i started studying about the spanish flu i started studying how it started what they said happened before i started studying the great depression i started studying when the stock market started to crash what happened what are the things that started to rapidly happen before it actually crashed I start studying things like that because I honestly believe that this isn't a coincidence that this is happening. Have you guys looked at the stock market? Do you know anything about the stock market? Those are the things that we have to pay attention to, people. Like, I say this a lot, but I I don't know. I just think outside the box. And I think that's what makes me me because sometimes people don't ask certain questions that are important. Like, when certain things happen, have you ever sat back and asked, like, well, what did you do to deserve that? That's the type of person that I am. Like, if something happened to you, <laughs> I, you know, depending on what it is. Now, people, I'm not mean, but at the same time, I am the person that asks, well, what did you say? Well, what did you do? Well, what role did you play in this? Like, I ask those type of questions because I want to know the who, what, when, where, how, and why. Because before I give my opinion, I need to know the facts. Flag, the <laughs> I need to know the facts. I need clarification. So, I'm taking this time to do exactly what I need to do. I'm working at home. I got music playing. I usually read books. So far this week, I have read two books in... Let me put you on to a couple things. Now, usually, Charlamagne God, he usually talk a lot, a lot of trash. And I love it. Like, I love Charlamagne God. I love Wendy Williams because those people, they don't stick to what the media want them to stick to. Like, usually you can pay somebody off to say whatever, whatever. But these people say exactly how they feel. And I think that's the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to give your opinion. Sorry, you're not going to always like it. But that's the way it's going to have to happen, Right. Anywho, so I listened to Charlemagne the Guy's book. It's called Shook One. He talks about how he dealt with anxiety and how different people in the industry dealt with anxiety and how he thought he was alone, but he wasn't necessarily alone. Really good book. I would definitely say if you got time, which you do have time, because you're listening to the podcast, you got time, go ahead and listen to a book. If you're dealing with any type of anxiety, if you're afraid about what's going on, this is the type of things that you want to listen to. Things that are going to let you know like, hey, you're not by yourself. You're not going through this alone. Those are the type of things that you really want to kind of get in your spirit. So I listened to that book. I thought it was really great. Now, let's say you're not a Charlamagne and God fan because I have ran into a couple people that weren't. Go ahead and listen to this book. It's called Emotional Intelligence 2.0 um forgot what the um the author name is but if you look it up I'm pretty sure you'll find it because I googled it one day and it was the first thing to pop up on there so that's definitely another book to read um one book that I'm getting ready to get into is by Dick Gregory um I think it's called The Great Moments in History well it's called The Great Black Moments in History but it's like the word black is crossed out because you want to just talk about the underlining um, great moments in history that happened. So that's my next book that I'm going to be reading. Um, I have reached out and made a few posts on Facebook for people to reach out to me and let me know, like, what are some good books to read? And I have gotten a few great options. So I'm going to check them out before I even let you guys know about them because I got to make sure that they straight, you know, because I don't really like giving out, um, options for things if I haven't really tried it or if I can't really say if it was good or not, because then if it sucked, you're gonna be looking at me like, "Well, Meek, you're the one that um, told me to read it, so why would you give me a book that's up?" So <laughs> I am gonna read it first, and then I'm gonna give it to y'all, and then you do whatever you want to do with it. But like I said, y'all, do some research. Research the Spanish flu. Um, Research the Great Depression. One video, some of the videos that I've been watching um, is on YouTube. Do a lot of YouTube research, especially about the 1918 Spanish Flu. Do the research about the 1929 stock crash. Research it all. I believe that history always replay itself. Not just with fashion, but with everything. Like, I believe that everything happens again. And we see it through time so now why not study history to know what's to come or what could possibly come i'm always a person that likes to prepare for anything i like to keep me some water i like to keep me some money in a bank and then at the same time i feel like honestly right now that i should keep some money at home just in case like y'all remember a couple years ago when something happened in france i don't really particularly know i forgot what it was But people were standing outside every day at the ATMs trying to pull money out. And the ATMs was running out of money. Like, I I don't know. I feel like it could happen again. This happened in 1929 after the stock market's crashed. Like, once they crashed, like, the banks actually closed. And people couldn't get their money out the banks. Like, knowledge, knowledge is the key, y'all. I'm telling you, knowledge is the key. Like, all this stuff happening, I'm about to secure my bag You know, I'm definitely about to give me a couple guns because the fact that a lot of police officers are sick right now with the coronavirus and a lot of people know that, so a lot of people might take advantage and I want to let you know, you run up on me. (laughs) Listen, I shoot first ask questions later and I believe that everybody in my family should feel the same way. Like, we're going to protect ourselves at all costs. But (laughs) maybe that might be the hood in me. But I still believe to prepare for anything. That's just me. But read, study, use this time. Listen, don't watch twerking videos all day. I know that they might be entertaining sometimes. And, you know, listening to certain things might be cool. Watching a couple fights may be cool. I don't know. I don't really like to watch fights because I feel like when you're watching fights and you're watching people fight, you're like, basically, you're adding... How do I say this? I'm not gonna say you adding fire fire to the fuel or fuel to the fire, but I wanna say like you're condoning it. Like I don't wanna condone violence. Like if it gotta happen, it gotta happen, but at the same time I don't wanna really condone it if I ain't got to. Like, if I can stop a fight That's usually what I try to do is stop a fight. Because if we can just be mature and talk about it and go separate ways, then I really feel like that's the best option. Like, if you ain't got to square up, don't. Like, if you don't like me, cool. Look the other way. Be cordial. Hello, hello, goodbye. That's it, you know? But at the same time, people don't think like that. And I think that that's the mindset that's getting us all messed up is that we don't think the same. And we need to start being around people that think like us. Like me... I can't be around people for too long that don't think like me because for one, it irritates me because I feel like I got to dumb myself down and I feel like I can't use the vocabulary that I want to use because you're not going to understand what I'm talking about. You know, I know I'm not the only person that thinks like that. I just probably be the only one that says it, but eh, just me. But yeah, this was a Mika moment. I wanted to pop in your phone, give you some inspiration. I'm going to keep on sporadically doing this with the show because I miss y'all. Y'all miss me. You ain't got to tell me you miss me because I know you miss me. I feel it in the air. I could be wrong, but guess what? I'm right. Y'all miss me, and I miss y'all too. So I'm back in this thing now. We back with the Mika moments. We're going to keep them going, and we're going to keep the show going. And if you have not checked out the YouTube yet, Make sure you check it out. Because that's where the party is right now. Like that's where I'm doing most of my work. So if you ain't heard from me. It's because you ain't seen me. Come look for me. Come find me. I'm on YouTube. The Talk Pit. Subscribe. Like. Share. Tell your friends about it. Comment about it. If you don't agree with something. Hit me up. We can talk about it. But. Listen. Support is the only way that we can move forward. We support each other. We put each other on. That's the way that the world works. Right? So. Do me a favor, support me, let me support you, let me know what you're doing so I can let you know what I'm doing, and maybe we can collaborate or something. You never know. But Mika moment is done, I'm out of here. Listen, stay in the house, you ain't got to be going outside all the time. Stay in the house, all right? Go on in that house, go do something, go clean up something, go make something in the house. You know what? Make you a vision board. That's what you do. That's your homework. Make you a vision board. What do you want in the next five years? What do your heart desire? Do your heart desire love? Do your heart desire success? Do you desire a car? Put it on a board. Look at it every day. How much money you want in your bank account in the next five years? Write it down. Make it plain. Be specific. Give a time. Make it happen. That's your homework. See, now you gonna regret that you listened to me for a moment, cause I gave y'all homework. And crazy thing is, I ain't gonna never know if y'all actually did it. Cause I'm pretty sure y'all not gonna tell me, Hey, I did my homework. Yeah, cause nobody ever does that until the teacher say, Hey, anybody has their homework, or until the teacher's pet say, Oh, teacher, you forgot to ask us about our homework. We yeah, we don't like that person. I was never that person that raised my hand and say, Hey, you forgot the homework. No, I was more the person like, yeah, let's not say nothing because I didn't finish my homework type of person. But I'm better now. That was my, that was my past. We're not gonna bring it up, but that's y'all homework. Do that. Be awesome.